Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, if you haven't met me before, my name's Tom, and uh, I'll be leading us in reflecting on the psalm that we just uh, read out together. Why don't I pray as we come to consider God's Word? Loving Father, we thank you that you do speak to us, and we pray that this morning, as we hear your voice uh, in the psalm, uh, we would not harden our hearts, uh, but that we would come to your Word in faith and respond in obedience to you and love for one another. We pray this in your Son's name. Amen. Um, Josh mentioned in his prayers about um, what's been going on in Afghanistan, and um, I'm sure you've all been following it as I have in the news, and it's, it's really been quite shocking, hasn't it? Um, the way that Kabul fell so quickly uh, to the Taliban, the desperate airlift um, of British citizens, uh, US citizens, Australian citizens, and then, of course, uh, Afghanis who have helped um, the, uh, the, the coalition um, all these years, uh, trying to, to flee and to get out. And then that awful suicide bombing uh, at the gates of the airport. Um, almost 100 people killed, uh, more than that uh, wounded. And to me, what really struck me was it, things are so bad over there that the next day people still turned up uh, to try and get out, uh, even after that happened. And that's uh, nothing to, to speak of the, the increased threat of terror across the world now and the humanitarian crisis that is about to unfold in Afghanistan. And I mention all of this because it is a, another reminder to us of how much of a mess our world is in. I think sometimes we are somewhat uh, inoculated from that here in Little Shelford, or, or, or it feels that way. We're a bit sheltered uh, over here, and we can forget uh, what a mess our world is in. And for the psalmists, their world was a total mess as well. Um, they'd lost their land, they'd lost their possessions, they were under the rule of a foreign evil dictator, and for many, no doubt, they had lost hope. And um, you, may, you, you may know this, that the, the, book of, uh, the Psalms are, are broken up into different books, and each book kind of has its own uh, tone, uh, its own themes that it likes to explore. Psalm 99 is in book four. And in book four, what the psalmists are doing is that they try to sort of take us back to get a big picture of what God is like and what's really going on in the world. It, it, at a time where everything just seems to be falling apart and everything seems to be such a mess, the psalmist wants us to, to stop and pause and, and get this big picture of, of this cosmic Lord who is actually ruling and in control of everything. And that's exactly what Psalm 99 does. It's very helpful for us at a time when everything seems like uh, the world is in just such a mess. So, let's have a look at this psalm. And there are two things that I want us to notice from this uh, psalm this morning. The first is that we are rem reminded that the Lord reigns, and the second, that the Lord rescues. Now, first of all, 
uh, the Lord reigns. And we notice here that he reigns both over the nations and over the church. So let me read to you the first part here. The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion, he is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name, he is holy. Now, looking at the chaos of the world today, it's hard to know who's in charge, isn't it? Who is running things at the moment? Is it the US? Is it the Taliban? Is it ISIS? Is it China? Or perhaps Russia? It doesn't really feel like the UK. Who is in charge? Well, it's God. The Lord reigns. And therefore, the nations should tremble. Where do you look to find out who is running things? We are to look to Zion. Look to heaven to see who is seated there, because it is the Lord who rules over the nations. And by rising from the dead, Jesus shows that He is God, and He is the God who rules over the nations. So, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, we read, For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, or rulers, or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. Who rules the nations? Jesus does. And so, we shouldn't tremble at the nations, the nations should tremble at Jesus. Let the Taliban tremble, let ISIS-K tremble, let the United States tremble, let China tremble, let Russia tremble. There is no throne or power or ruler or authority that is not under Christ's rule. Who is in charge? Jesus is in charge. And therefore, He is the one who should be exalted. But in this psalm, we're reminded that it's not only the nations that Jesus rules over, but also the church. Have a look at verse the king is mighty, he loves justice. You have established equity. In Jacob, you have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, he is holy. Now, when the psalmist talks about Jacob here, he is talking about God's people in the Old Testament, the people of Israel. And we're reminded that God has done what is just and right in Jacob. That is, He has ruled fairly over His people. I think that's an amazing thing to think about. When you think about the situation that God's people were in, the chaos of the world around them, the injustice that they would have witnessed in the world around them every day. And yet in the midst of this storm of chaos, here is a people who has a good king who rules over them, who cares for them, a righteous king, a king who has established justice and equity amongst his people. And again, this king is Jesus, King Jesus, because it is Jesus who rules over the people of God, Jesus who rules over the church. If we continue on in Colossians chapter 1, 
Paul continues on to say, and he, that is Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. Jesus is not just ruler over creation, but ruler over the new creation. Not just ruler of the nations, but ruler of the church, of us, the people of God. And he is a good and trustworthy and fair ruler. I think that's something that we should rejoice in, that in the midst of the chaos in the world where people long to see a just ruler, they long to see a fair ruler, a good ruler, we have one. We have the just ruler, the good ruler. In the midst of a dying world, where people cling to airplanes and hand babies to soldiers to get them away from their rulers. Christ rules over his people, a new people, a new community, a new nation, a new creation. A leader who will look after us, do what is right, and who will lead us home. And friends, that is something for us to give great thanks for and to exalt Christ for. This is our good and faithful King. So, the first part of the psalm, we see the Lord reigns. And in the second part, from verse 6 onwards, the, the psalm shifts slightly. And the focus now comes on the Lord who rescues, the Lord who hears us and who answers us when we call out to Him. Have a look at verse 6. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them from the pillar of cloud. They kept his statutes and the decrees he gave them. Lord our God, you answered them. You were to Israel a forgiving God, though you punished their misdeeds. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain. For the Lord our God is holy. The psalm goes from this sort of big panoramic view of God ruling over the nations and now zooms down to Israel to see, well, well what has he been like with his people? And I think this is one of the beautiful things that we see about God in this psalm that after getting such an exalted picture of God, you know, the Lord who rules the universe, it's possible to, to think, well, maybe this God is somewhat unapproachable. You know, maybe he's, he's too high above to notice us. He's too important to actually care for us. And yet, what do we see here in verse 6 onwards? We see we have an incredibly approachable God. He is the God who answers. That phrase, uh, called on the Lord, they called on the Lord, uh, in the Old Testament, it really refers to crying out for rescue. That's what it means to call on, on the Lord. It is to call out for rescue. And we're reminded in this psalm of how God's people again and again cried out for rescue. I mean, just, just think through uh, your Old Testament stories that you know of. That's really what they are again and again and again, isn't it? God's people in trouble, they cry out for rescue and God hears them. He answers them and He rescues them. And we're given two examples here. So, first of all, Moses and Aaron. Now, think of Moses at, at the edge of the Red Sea, Pharaoh's army close behind them, facing certain death. 
and cries out to the Lord, cries out to the ruler of the nations. And God is not too high, not too um, lofty to notice. Even though He is the exalted cosmic Lord of all the nations, He hears His people and He answers them. And the waves, uh, the, the sea parts. God's people go through the sea and then it closes in on Pharaoh's army. See, the cosmic Lord hears his people and answers them. Or think of Samuel. God's people had turned away from God for so long. They felt so distant from God. God had not spoken in so long to his people because of their sin. And they were under this constant barrage of attacks from the Philistines, and they kept losing battle after battle. They were that felt utterly defeated. And Samuel calls them to turn back to the Lord. And they repent. And they call out to God. They call on His name. They ask for rescue. And He answers them. He doesn't forget them. He hasn't left them. Even though it would have felt that God is so distant, He's always been there, ready to answer them when they cry out to Him. And He rescues them and they defeat the Philistines. And friends, isn't this our story as well? Weren't we far away from God? Hadn't we turned our backs on the Lord? Alienated from the one who rules the heavens. And yet all of us have been told, call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. The God who is in the heavens comes down to earth to rescue us, becoming a man, dying on the cross, to save us. And for all those who call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. He will answer you. I was telling um, the uh, 9.30 service that I am terrible, absolutely awful at answering my phone. Uh, I apologise publicly now to anybody who's tried to ever get in touch with me before. I know it's a it is a challenge, um, and I apologise. I, you know, if you call me, I probably won't answer. I'll miss the call, and then I'll forget to call you back. If you email me, I will flag it that I need to respond, and then I'll forget to do that, and my inbox fills up to like a thousand emails. If you message me, that's your best bet. I think messages just just for the future. Message is the best. But even then, uh, if I'm doing something at the time, I get the message. I'll put it in my pocket, and then I'll I'll forget to reply. I am terrible, terrible at answering. Uh, I really am. Thankfully, God is not like me. God hears you. I was telling the 930 service, God hears us and God helps us. That's right, isn't it? He hears us and He helps us. And I don't know about you, but certainly over the past 18 months, I've at times felt distant from God. I don't know if you have. It can feel that way sometimes, that God is far away. And especially when we think that God is this cosmic Lord. You know, sometimes you can get this picture that He's he's almost on some other planet and every so often He kind of just gazes down and looks at what we're doing and then kind of gets back to whatever He's doing. That is not the God who has revealed Himself in the Bible. That is not what Jesus is like. He hears you and He answers you. I mean, think of Jesus. Think of how involved He was in people's lives when He came 
to earth. You know, the king of the universe, but utterly approachable. Unimpressed by kings, but open-armed to children. The man who heard the cry of the lame and the blind, the leper and the sinner. And if he answered them, if he answered Israel, he'll answer you as well. Now, of course, that doesn't mean everything that we pray for is answered the way that we want. I think primarily the answer that God gives us is when we cry out for salvation and He answers us in sending Christ to die for us. And a lot of the prayers that we pray may not be fully answered until the new creation when everything that is wrong with the world will be made right again. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't still cry out to God today in our troubles. He does hear you and He does answer you, even if it's not always the answer that you want. He cares deeply about you. The Lord of the universe hears every single one of your cries. And so, friends, I hope you're encouraged, as I have been looking at this psalm, about the Lord that we serve, the Lord Jesus, the one who rules high above in the heavens, and yet the one who comes down to answer our cries, the Lord who reigns and the Lord who rescues. And again and again, in this psalm, we're told to exalt the Lord our God. And I think really that is the, the primary application that we should take away from this, that as you get this wonderful picture of Jesus, exalt Him, praise Him. I think sometimes we do see Jesus as a cosmic Lord, but we forget how approachable He is. We feel He's distant. Other times, maybe we remember how approachable He is, that, that He is right with us, but we forget that this approachable Jesus is actually the Lord of the universe who rules over the nations. We hold those two together and we're just filled with praise for our Lord Jesus, the Lord who reigns and the Lord who rescues. Now, let's pray. Loving Father, we thank You for Your Son. We thank You that He rules over the nations and that He rules the church with justice and equity. And we thank You, Lord, that You hear our cries, and You answer them. And we praise You for this, in Jesus' name. Amen.